Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today I have an amazing guest. Uh, he is the CEO of Coins Paid and of Crypto Processing in Germany. His name is Max Krupashev. Max, welcome to the show today. Hi, Jimmy. Thank you very much for having me. You're very, very welcome. It's an honor. Um, so let me start off by asking you the first question I ask everybody is this. What is your background and is it a logical background for what you do now? Um, I would say it's mostly logical. Uh, so I studied, I'm a Bachelor of uh, Physics. Um, so have a technical edu education, which sort of brought me into IT. Eventually, I got the MBA from Ukraine. Uh, it might be not, not the best MBA in the world, but uh, yeah, sort of I have a technical background and a business background. Um, uh, in 2012, uh, basically, a few years after graduating from MBA, um, started doing um, software development with my friends, mostly as organizer um, and the manager, but not like as a developer. And in 20, 2013, I heard about crypto. It was relatively early days in um, in Ukraine. There were not so many people who heard the word Bitcoin. I think it's mostly fair for the whole world. I know in UK there was a very strong community at that point already. Yeah, and kind of like climbing the lad the the ladder, understanding uh, how crypto works more and more. What are the challenges that uh, businesses and crypto are solving? Uh, yeah, and eventually in 2019, um, basically launched or relaunched the Coinspade, created CryptoProcessing.com. Um, yeah, kind of like was a very gradual growth, sort of understanding business, entrepreneurship, and so on. No miracles happened on the way. Um, yeah, it was pretty much a lot of the hard work and basically gradually stepping into into the waters. Great. That's what I like to hear. I'm that kind of entrepreneur, too, where it's hard work and tough slogging and all that stuff. So you're not the magic moment yet. But um, so let me ask you, let me ask you this. What is Coins Paid all about and what makes what you're doing great? Uh, yeah, so we are already an ecosystem of the brands. Basically, in simple words, we are the platform which allows businesses uh, in pretty much uh, around the globe to process cryptocurrencies, to basically transfer in cryptocurrency with their business clients and partners, not only business. Um, this works well for online businesses who need to automate uh, flows to collect the money all around the globe, to send money around the globe with an easy, easy, simple, quick, secure way that blockchain allows. And for offline businesses as well, who have clients who are coming and want to pay with crypto and so on, we have some tools on that side as well. And we recently launched the beta of the retail product which is just a retail wallet, which allows clients um, to buy, sell cryptocurrency and eventually to spend cryptocurrency where they want. Got it. Okay. Um, and that's coins paid. So, so what's crypto processing? Um, 
and then it's been referred to as the killer feature for global expansion so i want to find out what the what the uh backdrop be, between you know that, that statement is yeah, yeah. um yeah so um, the coin space right just uh, just slightly a step back right so we have a wallet we have a crypto processing right now we are starting the media product which is the news website together with academy to help sort of the newbies to understand crypto slightly better um to kind of like to increase the adoption we have an otc desk which allows some people to buy uh bigger amounts of crypto so to say we have a hot wallet for entrepreneurs who don't want to sort of develop their own cryptocurrency ecosystem all connections to the blockchains might be difficult so just providing a simple api and also helping a sort of bigger entrepreneurs financial companies maybe some online banks if they want to step into the waters of cryptocurrency we offer SaaS solutions SaaS is a software as a service right so i mean our software was developed in a few years with uh, a dozens of people working full-time um and we've offered this software um, sort of as a solution for someone who wants to start similar business but don't want to spend years and basically do a lot of mistakes on the way to develop this software on their own so this is sort of um sort of the things that that we are involved in uh, so crypto processing is the tool for online businesses for retail merchants online platforms whoever to to sort of extend the coverage to receive payments from all over the world right you know that the market is quite segmented right in the sense of um, for all geography you usually would need a separate deposit methods right for the latin america you have your own ones for us you have other for cis other and so on right so cryptocurrency is sort of the, the the single language of the of the internet right and pretty much the person anywhere in the world is able to pay <clears throat> in usdt in bitcoin in ethereum um, in basically whatever the main cryptocurrencies that we support um, so in this sense, we say that this is a killer feature to your global expansion, um, basically, which allows you to be able to work with the clients uh, wherever they are, right? And for online businesses, who, for example, pro sell not only goods, because of course, with the goods, uh, you need to do a lot of the logistics. But if somebody is selling the services, the entertainment and whatever, they sort of don't care where customers are from. And crypto is the tool which gives them sort of the leverage that they don't have to integrate hundreds of the payment methods in order to sell in some exotic places in the world. And as far as I know, in pretty much any country in the world, any city in the world, there is a way to buy cryptocurrency. Whatever, even in the countries which are unbanked, right, and send the money through SMS and through the phone, as we know, some some of the African uh, jurisdictions usually do it as a usual way of uh, digital money. They also have the ways to buy cryptocurrency, right, which sort of I believe that cryptocurrency is able to unite the global business with the consumer um, and sort of I'm working in the in the direction to give them the tools to instantly and securely sell and for the customers to buy goods or services online that's great i agree with you um you know when i started this podcast we had we were in 30 countries and i just looked the other day at my metrics and it's 153 
And I'm like, can I get to the other 65? You know, I believe I believe crypto can do that. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, crypto is not a cure, right, from all the diseases, right? If you if you have the clientele um, who are willing to buy, then definitely crypto is is the way to go there. But crypto is not uh, is not really a tool for the marketing, right? Of course, it's a tool which help your business to look more hypey, right? To say and show that you are following the modern technology. But it doesn't. It doesn't really just grows your business by itself. Uh, but it it definitely opens new channels for for marketing. For example, if the if the e-commerce brand um, is willing to sell more, the advertisement on the crypto websites that this brand now accepts cryptocurrency, of course, increases the sales. All right, sort of like a marketing channel, and also can increase the the coverage. I agree. So CoinsPaid is an EU regulated company that follows the best compliance standards, right? Compliance is important nowadays. So what are those some of those standards that still need to be addressed? And what did, what direction will the crypto industry head toward in the Euro region where CoinsPaid, CoinsPaid can serve as a leader? Um right now uh, i mean speaking about the leadership right i'm quite proud to say that we recently appear to be the biggest crypto processing solution in the world right so we process exactly around 1 billion dollars a month in the payments right which is 840 million euros i mean as we located in europe we usually think in in euros um and Basically, right now, the direction of the whole world um, is the AML and the counter terrorist financing. And of course, for, I mean, crypto is always on the agenda when there are discussions about these things, right? Because this is something which, which sort of independent from state. And of course, for the regulators, it's um, not always obvious how to, how to monitor this. And of course, now we are slightly stepping into the compliance discussion um, because the only way for the governments, for the regulators, um, sort of to have influence on uh, what cryptocurrency is used for is through regulating the VASPs. And VASPs are the companies which are operating with the digital assets um, or virtual assets. Um, so the, the, the naming is always different, but in, in Europe, it's called virtual asset service provider which is VASP um, and sort of the regulations which are imposed, all the recommendations from the FATF, which is another sort of regulator and the task force to regulate financial activities um, around the European Union and pretty much a very reputable source um, of recommendations for the whole world. Um, they are right now saying that every client uh, should be checked. The company needs to have the policy, the risk appetite, what are the approaches for the monitoring, for onboarding the clients, for enhanced due diligence, and so on. There are many abbreviations that sort of a random Joe might not ever heard about and probably probably never will. But as a business, right, which works with the client's money, which has to open bank accounts, which has to open accounts with acquirers who allow you to accept Visa and MasterCard, 
this is the reality, right? This is an everyday, everyday work to have all the policies, to make sure that you stick to, to the policies, to speak with the regulators, to speak with an auditors, to show that what is written is really what you do, follow all the recommendations and so on. And uh, this is pretty much the only way to be big, right? Of course, if you're dealing with really small business, I don't know, you have three clients and volumes through your bank accounts are not that high, you can pretty much still run away, right? With, the, um, uh, with, with unregulated markets or probably just closing eyes on some of the activities in the system. When you operate with hundreds of millions, um, there's pretty much no way, right? How you can how you can work sort of in the shady zone. Um, so we are we are licenses, licensed in Estonia. Estonia used to be a very simple way to get the license, and uh, I cannot lie, it was one of the reasons why in the very beginning we opted in for the um, for the jurisdiction in Europe, which was suitable to quickly start the business and um, get some sort of the regulation right now estonia is changing a lot right estonia had already a cleansing of the of the licensees so they had thousands of licensees right now they have uh, i think 300 and estonia right now <clears throat> under the pressure of the european union and so on and the review from the manival which is another regulator of regulators um is sort of changing the, regu the regulation again. And they are pretty much imposing right now on crypto companies the same regulation that is applied for online banks, uh, right? So pretty much crypto business is equal to um, in, in, in sort of the rules of the presence of the policies of the financials of the capital. It's pretty much um, what it used to be for financial institutions, neo banks, online banks, right, that we see the growth uh, across the whole globe. Um, yeah, so regulation is very important. I mean, um, we are speaking with our regulator. We, we, I can say that the regulator seems to be good, understanding, willing to hear um, how businesses work, what they need, um, and so on. So aside of just doing sales, product development, business development, um, we also spend a lot of the money for the compliance, for legal, to make sure that we in any way um, don't um, allow the people, even in the small amounts, to launder money through us or to do the financing of the of the bad guys who, of course, none of us want to uh, support, um, even if we see the small, the small way how it might happen then we need to to submit the reports to the regulator and seek help from the police consultancy what to do with such clients with such flows and you've also created um a proprietary uh security um system or infrastructure for your payments right uh, which helps uh, fight off the counterterrorism so how what, what makes your proprietary infrastructure you know, unique. Um, so uh, there is a security of the customer funds, right? And there is compliance. These things are usually completely different, right? So the so security step is to make sure that the funds are safe. But IML and CFT or CTF um, is another thing. Uh, so in order to make sure that the funds are safe, we have the security team in-house uh, whose job 
is basically to make sure that the development process, the testing process, the delivery process, and then basically the checking of all the applications and on on another level, also the the perimeter from the outside, which we usually check through external audits, right? So basically hiring the white hat hackers and asking them to try to break the system after the new release. And these are the things that we that we always do, right? So we have a team which makes sure that we have a policy, uh, how we develop, what we develop, and how it is checked, and we stick to the policy. This is what, if we speak about the security of the system. On top of that, of course, there is a network of the cold wallets, right? So basically, even if the system is completely hacked, right, the money which might be stolen are pretty much not a big fraction of all the funds that we are responsible for um, for our clients. Then, um, yeah, then we we have the system limits on the wallets, right? So the wallet will just decline to sign big withdrawals, right? So even if the system is completely um, hacked or whatever, the hacker will still have challenges to withdraw to withdraw all the funds uh, because the wallets will not want to sign the transactions. We use the multi-signature, right? So the servers are located in the different places. Um, so I mean, of course, as um, as we all say in online business, there is no security that unhackable completely, right? This all depends on the amount of the money that the hacker is willing to spend, the amount of the of the time that hacker is willing to spend. But we spend quite a lot, right? So which 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 sort of gives us a certain uh, trust in our systems. Um, speaking about the AML and CTF, um, this is pretty much uh, this is pretty much just a monitoring, right? So it has few layers again. So the layer one uh, happens on the business development side, right? When the client first has to speak with anyone from the company, right? So the sales manager or who, who whoever is the entry point uh, will ask some questions, right? About the nature of the business of the client and so on. There are some certain red flags. So if the client answers with some red flags, we decline the client, right? We say, mm, sorry, we cannot provide you the services. And the second level is basically compliance, right? So we collect the documents about the client, right? If we see that the documents provided are not the same with the words, then the client says, then again, decline, right? And then the third level is basically monitoring of the activity, right? So for example, if, if the client sells flowers, Right, and then suddenly he starts getting the invoice for half a million. Then most likely this is not really selling flowers, right? It might be a flower farm, right, which might sell for half a million euros, but then it has to be in the business model, right? So if it was a flower shop, then of course we expect invoices. I don't know, hundred dollars maximum, right? Who buys flowers online for 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 hundreds of thousands? So this is sort of like three lines of defense that all financial institutions, all crypto institutions around the globe are adopting. Um, there is sort of, it's quite logical, uh, although we understand that the effort which is needed to find the, to fight the potential um, threats for the money laundering and uh, financing of the terrorism are high. Uh, but this is, um, this is how businesses and regulations are right now. And we sort of expect it to only continue. Excellent. So that kind of defeats the narrative of crypto is only used by account by, by terrorists. So 
Um, that seems like good work. So let me let, let's uh let's shift gears. You know we have to. Um, you know, um, you are the co-founder of the Bitcoin Foundation in Ukraine, right? And I'm sure most of the world is fully aware that there are events that are currently happening in the Ukraine. Um, I don't take a side on what's going on because um, I don't know enough. You know, in the U.S., we te they teach us U.S. history, not world history. So I don't know the relationships, but I ask, I can ask you this. What role is the Bitcoin Foundation Ukraine taking um, right now during the current conflict? And how do you see um, the foundation's involvement um, going forward? So basically, yeah, I haven't been living in Ukraine for, for a few years now, although I spent the last few months in Ukraine. And right now I am not there. Um, basically, crypto community is extremely strong. Um, I cannot um, have a credit that I created it or whatever. I started creating it, right? So I, a lot of the people still remember me. It's sort of a per, one of few people who created the community, but right now, community is completely self-sufficient there are a lot of uh, great startups and companies and people ukrainians who are in ukraine or who are supporting ukraine in the way they can basically majority of the big uh, ukrainian entrepreneurs created the funds um, and of course you can understand that uh, cryptocurrency is uh, community is international right if you are in the in the system you have friends all over the world the partners all over the world, sub suppliers and whatever. Uh, so majority of the guys who run businesses in Ukraine and have the capacity and access to Ukrainian financial system are basically helping to collect funds um, in uh, in cryptocurrency to support the defense in Ukraine, to support the with information, to support with the food, to finance the the transport and whatever they are able to uh, support. Um, I'm also supporting the, the situation, how I can even be in remotely with informations, with the funds and so on. The guys are pretty much collecting um, a lot of money. So the, the National uh, Defense Ministry uh, collected a few millions of euros um, only in Bitcoin, they also collect in Ethereum, USDT, and so on. There are a few private funds which are based on the exchanges, like the Kuna, like the Whitebit, right? The guys who are locally, they have access to the local financial system. So receiving cryptocurrency from all over the world, they are able to convert it and really send it to the people who are in need, right? We are sort of more European business, right? So we don't have integration with Ukrainian financial system, which is not really a part of European one. Right, so we don't have so many cap capabilities um, to help with the with the resources of our financial system, um, and yeah, I mean, um, then the the Ministry of the Digital Transformation of Ukraine is also very pro crypto. They speak with the guys from the Binance, from Tron, from FTX, and so on. And you probably saw that the Binance said that they are supporting Ukraine donating the money to ukrainian customers uh, ftx did the same uh, justin sun sent, sent i think around quarter of a million to support to support the um, ukrainian citizens um, and yeah pretty much what happened is just um, on 24th of uh, of uh, 
February, the Russia just started the war in Ukraine. They they deny this information, which of course to the whole world looks like a joke. But Russia says that they are saving Ukrainians from the Nazi. I mean, which is unbelievable. I mean, I'm Ukrainian. We never had any Nazi. Um, so yeah. Anyways, um, I don't want to discuss the behavior of the Putin. I believe that all your all your listeners probably read about this in the news. Uh, but the information which is sort of translate transmitted in Russia and the information which sees the whole world are pretty much opposite things. Um, yeah. So. Kind of like propaganda uh, was strong in the Soviet Union and looks like Russia inherited it in full. Yeah, they're not the only country that inherited propaganda. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, but one of the one of the one of the news articles that came out that was buried amongst all the propaganda this weekend was uh, a statement made by Christine Lagrande. And she called for she called for tightening regulations in crypto as a result of uh, Russia's um, you know movement into Ukraine. Um, you know that Karen terrorism narrative is something that um, I still don't understand fully because everything on the blockchain is uh, immutable and uh, you know transparent. Um, and so why the continued narrative when the technology already does that. Anyway, it's very, it's a very difficult question, right? Because when you when you speak about um, the terrorism, right, you not always understand who exactly you mean, right? And you see that just recently, now it's Russia, right? So of course, right now everybody would say you should block all the transactions to Russia because you potentially financing the war. Right, and this is sort of the definition of the terrorism, right? When the people are killed, I just want to say that this this all is is liquid, right? So the definition of who is the bad guy is changing, right? And I mean, honestly, everybody has to choose the side, right? Who they are on, uh, but also saying that somebody is a terrorist is sort of a responsibility, right? You need to have enough objective information to accuse someone, right? And uh, potentially, for example, the people in Russia, they live in the world where they understand that the whole world is against them, but they have the right. Um, so the whole world is um, is doing something wrong, right? So when we speak about these things, who to block and so on, it's always subjective, right? It's always somebody who thinks what is good and what is bad. And depending on the power and the reputation of that person, that becomes the common knowledge. Um, I mean, as as sort of US and the European Union are pretty much in the friendly relationships, what they decide is the common truth, right? And of course, this, this, these uh, jurisdictions, they have the most financial ecosystem as the PayPal, as the Visa, as SWIFT, right? And as the biggest entities in the crypto space are located pretty much in US or European Union. So of course, these guys dictate what is good and what is bad. And right now, it looks like Russia will be under the sanctions so heavy that pretty much every business who buys something from Russia or to sell something to Russia will be under the question of uh, financing the terrorism, right? 
against democracy and whatever. And when you say that, no, we don't block Russia from the financial infrastructure, but we will be monitoring the activity that the companies are doing with Russia, then you're sort of creating a certain unclearness. Who will be monitoring? What, be, what will be the rules? Who are good guys in Russia and who are bad guys in Russia? And how to, how to distinguish between these guys? This is also, you see, it's not, I mean, it's not uh, um, black and white, right? You like have to be great. So if you block completely, then as uh, Trump says, um, it might hurt the citizens of Russia, right? Who didn't have a choice, right? They, they are afraid to be on the meetings, on the streets, to protest against the, um, the authority, right? They are just afraid because a lot of the people are in prison. Um, so these things are completely unclear. So I believe that the CFT will be evolving in definition, right? And of course, the rules that are imposed on the businesses, I think in the next months, especially, they will have to be somehow rethought, right? Because when you speak about the terror terrorists, right, and probably half a year ago, I don't know the country who was basically a threat to the whole world, right? We're just speaking in general to make sure that nobody is being financed who is a bad guy. And you have to check all suspicious activity. And if there is suspicious, you report it. But who exactly is the is the terrorist was unclear. Right it now looks like it the whole world agrees that today it might be more clear than half a year ago. Uh, but what the world will do and how the world will do, because also the world is not is not the same thing, right? We have hundreds of countries with hundreds of of positions, and also the million billions of the of the of the voters, right? Who also do put the pressure on their leaders, and leaders are interested to stay in power, right, or in authority and that they have to respect the voters. So there is no opinion leader in the world who is the one guy who says what is good and what is bad. And this is what the democracy is about, right? Every, every people, every group of people, few millions, a lot of millions decide who is the leader who represents the interests of, the, of the whole world. And yeah, so we are entering a pretty, pretty sort of unclear way of defining good and bad. I believe it was like this before, but in the documents for AML and CFT it has to be defined pretty much more clear. And we are as a businesses, I mean, we are responsible for defining what is good and what is bad. I agree. I used to, I'd say a couple of decades ago, look at the world as black and white and you know, there are thousands of shades of gray. So, and the world's a better, more fascinating place when you live in the gray. So uh, you just you just validated the way I thought of think of things. So thank you. Um, so this has been a, a great conversation. Um, I've enjoyed speaking with you. Um, I wanna thank you very much for your time today. And I have one last question uh, for you. And that is this, how can people find out more information about you about what you do, about CoinSpade, uh, about crypto processing, how can they do that? So the best, the best way to um, read about us, to hear us, is to go on the website coinspade.com. 
Uh, there you can find links about all the products, about us and the social media. We also relatively recently had launched a token, right? So if you're interested, just check about this. This is a token of the of of our ecosystem so you can become a part of the community uh, if you like to uh, we organize events approximately once a year so if you want to speak or support us somehow uh, know more about cryptocurrency about what we do uh, maybe become a partner and so on would be glad to see you on the events uh, either organized by us or the events where we are we fly a lot to the conferences to events and so on always open for the partnerships open for new business open for new offers and so on so we are always completely open uh, and willing to create a world um, to change the world and in, in the better side to make the world a better place um and yeah basically spread spread the word about crypto cryptocurrency about blockchain to help businesses to do the what they already do more efficient and to sell and provide their service uh, to more people around the globe thank you very much for your time today very much Jimmy.